Welcome back to BS Reactor, where we get our friends to chat about stuff we couldn't get other people in our lives to talk to us about. This time at the Reactor, we're starting our conversation about the 2019 mystery suspense film written and directed by Ryan Johnson, Knives Out. Check out the warm-up we did for the full experience. As always, we use profanity and spoilers to get our points across. So if you're not into that kind of thing, tap stop before the music ends. If you like what we do, let us know and check out our back catalog for all the episodes we've done over the past few years. And thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, so timing clap. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> yeah, clap. okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to roll into Knives Out? You got notes sure. ready? Um, All right. Yeah, I've got notes. Probably. And my notes are right here in my penis. Yep. That's a weird place to keep your notes. The amount of gesticulation that he just I keep said, everything I in my penis. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are just as I'm watching it notes. These are useless for the intro. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to BS Reactor. I'm Evan and today I'm joined by Isaac and I'm Pat. We're at a skeleton crew here today. Mm-hmm. Something about gonorrhea. <laughs> so to wind out my, um, I put a theory of altered perceptions, which turned into mind bending because some people mm-hmm. can't read the fucking assignment, which became <laughs> changing perspectives somewhere in the middle of it. And you know yeah, what? Mind fuck fucking I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. Well, I thought we were capping it off with Jasmine's picks from last time because your schedule's been so weird. So yeah. this, this will be the actual end yeah. of that season. So <laughs> one, of those, that works out. Uh, one of those will be Knives Out, which is mm-hmm. a murder mystery movie from 2019, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Ryan Johnson. Directly before COVID, so yeah. you, you can oh, feel yeah. it. You, you can definitely feel it. It's in this series because the crime at issue... It's very clue, right? Uh-huh. Everybody yeah. in the house has a motive. Oh, for sure. Everybody was in the house where the guy was found dead, but people know certain compromising things about other people and just enough to, you know, cast aspersions. But- people were voted for Obama for a third time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that line is so endemic of so many people. Yes. I threw this in here just because it's kind of an interesting take from every character's perspective. Something completely different happened, mm-hmm. right? And even in the course of watching the movie, you find out the truth of what happened somewhere toward the early middle. <laughs> yeah, and then you find the and donut you find inside out, the donut. Yeah, I, I've got metaphor a, stressed. I've got metaphor. a bit in here about dropping the donut bit because it's no longer helping you. <laughs> but yeah, so it's an interesting take on like ah uh, fuck, I want a donut now. <laughs> um, Benoit Blanc, who is Ryan Johnson's Poirot. Yep is the kind of guy who sees all the angles. He talks a lot in this movie about watching the trajectory of Mm -hmm. an event and following it to its terminus. Yeah. He doesn't ever let the story being finished keep him from seeing more detail. Yeah. Right. That's kind of where <laughs> where he lands here. Pretty solid success. It made something like. Well, yeah, I got the numbers here. 800 percent of its budget or something like yeah, that. So its budget was 40 million. There are yeah. a lot of mid range 40 million movies. And I think this is just Johnson's brain exercise. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of this money went to the cast because he got a lot of big names to be a part of. This. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can you name them, Isaac? I cannot name them, but we'll <laughs> get there eventually. Well, I mean, we'll 
we'll start with Daniel Craig as the headlining right? detective. You got James Bond to be the detective. <laughs> you got Captain America, Chris Evans in this. Uh-huh. You got Kobe Calais. Not Kobe Calais, Tony Collette. Oh, fuck me. That's a singer, isn't it? I <laughs> yes. always get those mixed up. Yes. You got a Cave War nominee, something plumber. Christopher. Thank you. Yeah. Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. You got Don Johnson. Academy Award winner, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. True yeah, story. Yeah. She is in fine form in this movie. Yep. some aliens on this one. You got Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From Sorry to Bother You. Academy Award nominee. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Who else is in this movie? The lady that I know as um, Judy from The Righteous Gemstones. I can't remember her name offhand, <laughs> but. Did you just live at the Oscars or? No. Uh, this, this is his I, superpower. I, yes. <laughs> My superpower is to know shit that doesn't help anybody in any way. Random trivia shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, all of these amazing, specifically face actors, I would say. Yeah. It made 311-ish million dollars at the box office. So decent return. Oh yeah. In terms of ratings. Especially rotten, for something that hit right before we stopped yeah. going to theaters. Rotten Tomatoes give it a 97%, which that is, is unheard of. That's a, little, that's <laughs> yeah. a little overdoing it. <laughs> yeah. IMDB, and I thought it was oh, interesting. Oh, Michael Shannon. That's who the Michael person I forgot yeah. about. Zod. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the IMDB actually is 7.9. So I think this is pretty much just saying everyone consistently sees this as around an eight. <laughs> like, oh. you know what I mean? And Miss Piggy. Frank Oz. Miss Piggy? Oz is in this? Yep. Frank yeah. Oz. He's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Because they told him he was useless. Uh-huh. <laughs> Edged a little bit into a Muppet voice, be like, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kermit. Yeah. Oh, Piggy left I can't do it, Kermit. Nah, I can't do it. Um, a big cast in this, and Ryan Johnson is a great cinematographer. The interrogation scene that really starts this movie off, he's using all of the tricks in the book. So, like that. This feels like his portfolio. Just of it. <laughs> this is a thing that's gonna come up a couple of times. There is a real big, ludicrously overdone, super rich person thing. Mm-hmm. In this room that they're in frequently. There's a lot of props. That is just a fuck ton of knives, machetes, and axes pointing into a center point. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. There is a big open space in the middle. Uh-huh. It is a giant visual metaphor for the hole in the middle of the story that we come back to a bunch of times and that the knives are out and pointing at someone who's at the center that everyone's after. Uh-huh. Like, it's just... It's all very heavy handed in the way that applies uh-huh. to things, but it just sits in the background. They yeah. don't really call attention to and it. In this interrogation scene, that's in the background. There's this painting. There's like two people sitting on a bench. There's a library section. And depending on the mood that Ryan is trying to do and set up in this scene, he shifts the camera. Yeah. So it's looking Points at the different, at different backgrounds thing, yeah. so you can get a context for the character. And it's like the emotions heighten. He zooms in or takes a different angle of shot at the actor. Mm-hmm. It is masterful to watch if that's what you're watching in this because mm-hmm. he like, he'll do like 50 different camera tricks to try to convey emotion. It's a lot, but it, it's impressive. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's but like, yeah. His control of the tone and the color saturation, like all of these different things. You definitely can see the layers. Yeah. <laughs> out of context though, it just seems like he's moving the camera a whole bunch. Mm. Isn't everything messed up if you take it out of context? So the, camera work, <laughs> the camera work is all very solid, very smooth, very even. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's all fixed cameras or steady camera. Mm-hmm. 
except there is one scene where I'm going to say the main character because Benoit Blanc isn't really the main character of this, no. where the main character is like her whole world has just been shaken and the people she thought were her friends are turning on her and shit's going crazy where it suddenly goes full on horror movie shaky cam. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just like it's out of the fucking blue. It feels like somebody just picked up a camcorder. It really helps sell that scene where fucking none of this makes any sense and it's not going right. Yeah. So but even it was, that it was very deliberate, though. Oh, yeah. The shaky cam. You can oh, yeah. Tell, yeah. But it suddenly stops being you're watching a movie and like you're watching somebody filming something. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's really jarring, but it's in the middle of a scene where jarring is the point. I would say the best scene when it comes to steady cam was the end where she's sitting there drinking. Everyone's down on the floor looking up at her. And she's oh, it's like the, the fucking mug that kills me for yes. that one. When I saw that, I was like, my wife and I, we saw this movie. She's like, we were both of us like, yeah, fuck that shit. That's a pip ass move. Like that was a pip. We're like that's a pip move. So we might touch a little bit on Glass Onion while we talk about yeah, this. Yeah, the sequel to this. Yeah, yeah. Glass Onion is a direct sequel with the same detective, and, mm-hmm. and one of the few movies to actually reference COVID mm-hmm. in it. So it, like it was based around COVID, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, like when they get there, they're all kind of wearing masks, but like the rich people wear the masks. Well, yeah. they wear masks, and then they get yeah. shot, shot in the throat or Wait, something. Yeah, they get shot in the throat with some magic cure or something. I don't know what it was. I mean, in based on the rest of the movie it's probably just bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah so just opening this movie like when we're talking about cinematography the opening of this movie starts with musical sting mm-hmm. into basically a tour of this house which is obviously the house of an eccentric rich white dude yeah like, yep. who is an author yeah harlan thromby this fiction writer played by christopher Plummer, he's a very fancy man with a f- fantastic beard. Oh, yeah. Oh. Fran, the housekeeper, is bringing him food and then finds him with his neck cut. And it's like, ah, stinger, like we were talking about. Even just before we get to that part, like the opening kind of tours the house mm-hmm. a little bit with yeah. just this rising muse. Like it starts with the the sting to catch your attention and then like rises into the discovery. Uh-huh. It's very good. It is very good. And then it's like one week later, it's, it's after this guy's death and Harlan's nurse, Marta Cabrera, mm-hmm. she gets a call from Walt Thromby, who is Harlan, the author's youngest son, because the police want to interrogate all the family members and the people that were closest to him around the death. So there's still some confusion about what happened. They want to do a thorough investigation. Yeah, this is already they've already gone through their initial interviews. There was a, an investigation at the time. And then a week later, I think the thing they say first is just that they're getting everything together to make sure it's formal and final. Mm hmm. Although there is a a different motive at play in redoing the interviews, but we'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) I opened in uh, notes in here talking about what a family, because it's the best family ever. Marta's family Mm -hmm. is very, um, very immigrant. (laughs) Yeah. They're really trying to sell that. Yes. It'll come up later that her mom is undocumented Mm -hmm. and it's like her and her mom and her sister. So they're trying to make in contrast to the big manor that's they're in their kitchen, which yeah, is also their dining in a little room apartment. Yeah. They have yeah. a tiny TV, you know? <laughs> yeah. All that. interviews that are in the first part of this with each one of the casts. You can kind of get a background of this because they don't want to do like a 
Suicide Squad. This is Katana. I would avoid her sword because it <laughs> takes souls through Well, it. <laughs> so the introductions are actually pretty interesting because they, are, they do yeah. introduce them by having them be interviewed. Uh-huh. And at first it keeps everyone separate. After everyone's been introduced, it starts cutting between interviews to mm-hmm. give more context on the question at hand. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty effective deal. There's also when they first start the introduction. So as oh god, I can't remember her name. Linda. Uh, yeah, as Linda comes in for the first interview, it has you know the title of knives out but like right over the giant fucking knife nova Uh right yeah just absolutely ridiculous um (laughs) and they they have a little bit of oh the family's together and they're all you know Mm -hmm. they're all fine but you can kind of see where the tension lines are at the beginning but you know Mm -hmm. families are dysfunctional that's a thing sure and marta shows up and granddaughter of the author gives her a hug and be like oh and then someone else says, oh, the help gets, goes that way. And she's like, she's not the help. She's you're like a member of the family yeah. and like all that jazz. So, well, as you see, as it goes on, they can't remember what fucking country she's from. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they try a, to say where she's from, it's a different place. Like, yeah. Somebody says Guatemala. Ecuador. Somebody Peru. says Paraguay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all over the place. They're Brazilian, by the Which, way. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, right. Ransom, Ransom's sh- the only one. To, by the way, there is somebody in this family named Ransom, which is actually Chris Harlan Evans. Jr. Well, Hugh. Yeah, he goes by Hugh. But um, <laughs> I haven't here. Who names a child Ransom? Did they want him to be kidnapped? Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel. Yeah, I feel like they did. Yeah. We just figured that when we saw him, oh, this kid's definitely gonna get kidnapped somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, child of money. Yeah. And also like the granddaughter, her name is Meg. Like she goes by Meg, but everyone calls her baby, which is kind of like a reference to Arrested Development. Mm. I, say. I don't know. Maybe it's, just, maybe it's just me. Maybe. Maybe every granddaughter of a rich family is named maybe. I can I, um, can I give you the material to murder me with? Sure. Yeah. Never seen Arrested Development. Wow. I've uh, seen one episode based off what Isaac told me, and I just like, yeah, it was funny, but I was like, I didn't get into it. If it hits you, it hits you. Some people, I know it it, it just doesn't, but. It's like, no, I have compared Russell to the Beatles. Everyone says it's good, but I'm just like, meh. Mm-hmm. It's well written and compelling. Yeah. You know, it's it, there's a lot of things like that. I feel like if you don't think the Beatles, like you can not like the Beatles, but if you don't uh-huh. think the Beatles were good, then you don't know anything about music. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, you're right, because I understand that they're good. I just not a fan of them. Yeah, I do not like country music as like a general rule is not something I was ever a part of my life. But if someone's like Garth Brooks is horrible, I mean, like too many people buy his stuff for it to just be garbage. He, he, you know I mean? like, that's, Garth, that's he, not a good lever. Uh, yeah. But it's like, you can't tell me the guy, he's like one of the highest selling artists of all time. Yeah. He's right? good. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's mid, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, God, I miss the Dixie chicks. No, no they're just miss. called the chicks. Oh, they're called the chicks? There. Yeah. Oh, really? They are ashamed of Dixie now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because Dixie turned on them when they, they, really they stood up and said, <laughs> no, George Bush isn't right. And they're like, what? Um, so anyway, uh, so Linda is the first interview, right? Yep. They're being interrogated by Lakeith Stanfield. I don't remember his name. Shit. Uh, uh, I don't remember either. Elliot. Lieutenant Black, Elliot. Black cop. They don't really say, yeah. Black yeah, cop. Lieutenant and then Elliot, they have that guy that's in every Ryan something. Johnson movie. Yeah. Wagner, 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 some of that. Anyway. Tro- he's Trooper Wagner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And in the background, who's not even in focus until like way later, is Benoit Blanc, a southern gentleman played by an Englishman. Like literally sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Uh-huh. Played by uh Daniel Craig, who I bet was like, you know what? I used to love Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I wouldn't say Foghorn Leghorn. 
That's too it's far. It's more subtle. He's not. I mean, well, yeah. he is, but well, like, just because you, you, know. you didn't say, I say, I say. <laughs> he got close. He got real close. I say, I say. Well, it's not even the I say. It's the, now what you doing here, boy? It was, was kinda... Southern gentlemen, not just like, hi, guys, I'm from the South. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a specific cultural. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. You can definitely tell he's studied. Which it's really funny when people like Kentucky Fried because Kentucky doesn't have Southern gentlemen. That's not a thing. They do have colonels, though. Everyone's a colonel down there. Yeah. Which is weird. Colonel Sanders wasn't even in the military. No, he wasn't. No, it's just, it's just a, <laughs> it a colonel private. is a Kentucky thing. You can also call people colonels. If it was, yeah, it was weird. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? It's like being knighted for the Commonwealth. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other interviews that happen are Richard, Walt, and Joni. Richard being Linda's husband. Yep. Walt being the youngest son. And then Joni is the missing widow. son. Yeah, the widow yeah. of the middle child. Mm-hmm. And then Meg is the other person who is Joni's daughter. Shut up, Meg. Um, <laughs> who, I can't tell if she's a monster or not this whole time. Yeah. Like, I, we're I back think, and forth. I think she's just. She's the worst to me. I think she's conditioned. <laughs> Meg's the one that liked her, right? Yeah. 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 I think she's the worst. <laughs> okay. We'll get to that later. There's kind of like two waves of interrogations, let's call them. But I think they kind of have the time chipped. Like, I think it happened one back to back. They didn't call them in a second time, kind of just based on what happened in there. So there's this real fun thing during these interviews where they, they're just going over the events of the evening. There was a birthday party. The mystery writer had his 85th birthday, and then he was found dead in the morning. Yeah, so his his family was visiting they're all staying in their old rooms or whatever Uh yeah and as they're going through this there are points where people get kind of off topic or into whatever Uh and benoit blanc who has not yet been introduced just sitting away in the back just like taps a piano key that's basically a move on for the detective Uh and it's but it's for everyone else it's just like weird what's he doing yeah but it's just Mm -hmm. like he wants to distract them so they don't like go off yeah they they don't lose the thread and with the with the putting together different interviews to flesh out the questions being answered or whatever they kind of also arrive at the same place at the same time which is yeah who the fuck is that guy yeah exactly <laughs> and then the interviews from him start yeah so they're kind of establishing motivation for the people to I mean we don't have to go blow by yeah. blow with all the plots or it would take forever because this is but a relatively also, complicated movie. when he comes to introduce himself he says that he will be uh and I quote a respectful quiet passive observer mm-hmm. which is i Not just took, true i Not just true. took that to mean he's about to be in everybody's face for the rest of this hell yeah but it's it, he wants it to be disarming so yeah let's see he goes through what was happening on the day of the death with all these people they also get into some other things like he's cutting off all of his family yeah from so, the wealth yeah so he's apparently like these are all rich people uh-huh. and it's been a very standard rich people setup where this is a, a wildly successful mystery author he's made millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. but like you know his oldest daughter is a you know self-made i think it's real estate is influencer no no no, that's joni yeah so she's i think she's in real estate but like she got started because she had daddy's money to fall back on and invest in her and whatever and sounds like a certain president all right whatever and like the youngest son is also wealthy but it's because he manages the The publishing house yeah that publishes this guy's books Mm -hmm. and then and joni joni is effectively just on an allowance right each one of these things like yeah walt is overseeing the book empire but 
he wants to make a TV show or a movie or something. Yeah. And wants the rights to that. But Harlan is like selling no. rights and Harlan says no. Yeah. And eventually he fires him mm-hmm. from this thing because it's like you've been so trapped by my money forever. Of his 85th birthday party. Uh-huh. He fires his son from the publishing house. Right. He, he threatens. Confronts his yeah. daughter's husband with evidence of his cheating. Uh-huh. He cuts Joni off from the allowance because she's been double dipping on her daughter's college college fund. tuition. Yeah. A hundred thousand a year, but yeah. she's been doubling. And like I was I was watching this with some people here. It was like, okay, a hundred thousand dollars for college. That's that's not a ton. And like the college I went to, like we looked up our tuition rates for the like different colleges we went to, like mm-hmm. just for undergrad for the place I went to would be about 53 grand a semester. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's not a lot, but so it's like, a, yeah, a hundred is reasonable. Assuming she also has scholarships and her mother is supporting her in some way or another, but her mother is also getting a hundred thousand dollars to do I got nothing. I guess I got in-state tuition at a state school. So that, oh, yeah, that yeah. fucking that drives. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does the mom do? She's an influencer. Yeah. yeah, she has, I don't know, like a cosmetics brand or something a, like some that, kind yeah. of one of those things. It's like health care, but it's not health or care. It's just like <laughs> yeah. crystals and yeah. essential oils or something like that. Some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a goop. And then it comes out later in the movie that Ransom is being cut off from his stuff to <laughs> basically be like, you're a trust fund kid. You're not doing anything useful. Do something useful with your life. Hey, he's a grandkid, right? Yeah, he's a grandkid. Yeah. Oh. yeah he's Who's his parent? He's the one from Aliens. <laughs> Linda. Yeah, Linda. Yeah. Linda and Richard's son. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good God. The one, you said the one from Aliens? Am I thinking of the wrong person? Wait, who is? Are you? Yeah, I don't think anyone who's in Aliens is in the movie. What? Who am I thinking of then? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis? Yeah. Isn't Jamie Lee Curtis in Aliens? No, she was no. in Halloween, dog. Aliens is Sigourney Weaver. Shit, you're right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, I don't remember her being in it, but fuck, it's been a long time since I've seen an alien Am I, I going to be the... Am I really going to be the guy that's like all old white men look the same? Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um. Like, I feel like I really have to look it up now. Like, shit, was she in Aliens? No, no. she's not. I'm thinking of someone else. But yeah, Halloween she is because I remember H2O. She was in the background. And then the newest one. She's Wait, definitely just H2O? Not the newest three or yeah, the, the first one three, or the yeah. second one? Also those two. Yeah. All of them. She's in all of them. Almost. You forget Paul Rudd was in one. I forget Paul Rudd as often as I can. Oh, damn. I wouldn't say that. Oh, someone's going to get killed. Like, he's fine. I've, he's never played a character I like. Not even Ant-Man? Especially not Ant-Man. He was Ghostbusters guy. The problem with Ant-Man, okay? <laughs> We're trying to talk about a movie here. Pat, quit doing this to us. The, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying the to, problem I'm, with Ant-Man is that he can fucking literally shrink down to atomic size and time travel and some shit, and he is still constantly bewildered by the faintest sci-fi bullshit. My issue with Ant-Man is they mention the fact that he has a master's degree in engineering, but he's still stupid for majority of the movie. That's not weird. I have a like, good, like he doesn't. Un- well, I have two engineering bachelors and I'm an idiot. That's not that weird. Yeah, but you can. Un- <laughs> but here's the thing, though. You will understand if someone starts talking about like physics stuff. Like it wouldn't be like, which is like, the weirdest. You may not he, get he, like, everything. He hangs out with aliens every fucking day and it's just <laughs> blown away when he finds out they have spaceships. Yeah, like, we're, we're covering Hank Pym in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Yeah, anyway. So they go through the timeline. Good God, he got old in that span of Didn't time. Didn't he, though? 
That was in 97. It's a long time ago. Don't say things like that. <laughs> Anywho, so Marta comes up for her interview, right? Mm-hmm. And they're sort of doing her last. Well, they actually take a break first mm-hmm. and are having a conversation outside that she eavesdrop on before Benoit Blanc is just like in her face at the window. Yeah. And Another he, framing he device. Tries, There's a skeleton in the stained glass. He tries to get her to talk to them a little bit before they do the real interview. Uh-huh. And he has this real interesting tidbit about her that he wants to know if it's true Uh uh-huh that that she can't lie she can't lie because it makes her throw up Uh uh-huh they thought it was an exaggeration but no Mm -hmm. if she tells a lie she throws up within seconds yes which is i think the coolest goddamn feature to have in a murder mystery character (laughs) ever it's just it doesn't fit any of the rest of the movie though what i wonder is what i wonder is is it worse to have that be your thing or taking a crap oh throwing up you can hide a crap can you though because it'll start to smell you can wear smells too do you think throwing up doesn't smell no i mean throwing up smells but like you think about like if you like i can't although it's not inside your clothes i guess uh-huh. Yeah. And it's not like shit himself was like, I have diarrhea. Sometimes people poop themselves. It doesn't have to be for lying. I've seen that in <laughs> a place that we used to go to. I saw someone poop. I feel like you're walking. I feel like that what Pinocchio was. Like his you're nose, too into poop but today. Turtle tail bump. So what what? You're too into poop today. <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought it was poop, but it ended up being gas. So that was good for me. And now right. I feel great. So Benoit Blanc is asking her questions about the night of the birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So she. I don't think that ever comes up <laughs> actually it was like yeah the sound the initial sound because there was a bumping up there was a go board dropping to the ground and it turns out harlan was trying to get marta to play go with him and she yeah. always beats him because she's not trying to win she's just trying to make interesting patterns mm-hmm. which kind of goes along with her whole character that yeah. she's not trying to win at something yeah well they get to the formal interview thing and he asks what happens he's got a coin he flips that's to distract people yeah so he flips his coin and and then you get to see the entire scene from her point of view, what actually happened that night. Yeah. Which is that she went to go put him to bed, whatever the things happened, mostly the way that the other people said they did. And then when she was giving him medication, she used the wrong vials. And she gave him a uh, overdose. Yeah. And the antidote to the overdose. Like 33 doses of morphine or something. Right. Yeah. So and he's going to feel amazing and then dead. Yeah. So. And then the, I don't remember what they use in it, but effectively Narcan. Yeah. Is gone from her bag she doesn't know where it is Mm -hmm. so he's going to die yes and he comes up as you know the murder mystery writer like first he's starting to write down oh this would be a great way to kill somebody in a novel right like Uh while she's panicking Mm -hmm. looking for the medicine to save him because he doesn't really take it serious quite yet yeah he's just like fuck it i'm gonna die once she's over emotional losing it wants to call an ambulance he had been mentioning while he's writing this down that you know in a country house like this it'd be 15 minutes you said i'll die in 10 uh-huh. right they wouldn't get there in time so it's an interesting device for a murder right yeah when she starts to actually call 911 he immediately hangs the phone up and is like, like no, no i'm doomed he's like no i'm already gone either way this can't fall on you because your mother is undocumented and if there's and any will, scrutiny yeah. yeah well not only that they will absolutely send her to jail for this yeah like, yeah they don't care if it's accidental it's still yeah it's and, at uh, least malpractice and you show right? and you show that he is being nice that he cares for her more than he kind of cares for the rest uh-huh. of his family yeah. and well, we'll find that, out later that she is in his will the, yeah yeah so well, just his like, will not his wheel we, we <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was falling <laughs> but this, there. 
this situation is in his wheelhouse. So yes. So he has this elaborate plot. Mm -hmm. There is like a secret window that goes into. There's like a pull away wall with a window behind it Uh on the floor with his study. Where there would ordinarily only be the one way up, but there's a trellis on the outside of the house. So it's like, get out past the cameras, come back around through the side gate. Uh The dogs won't bark at you. Climb all the way up here. Gather your things. He has this whole ridiculous thing where she's going to come sneak back up there to put on his clothes. Like, leave, obviously. Make sure somebody knows what time it is. Sneak back up there, put on his clothes, and come downstairs for a snack or something so that he Uh is seen alive and well after she left to keep her out of suspicion. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I'm going to cut my neck so people don't look at the fact that I was drugged and died. They won't do a blood test. Because if you Mm -hmm. see someone sitting there with And and he's perfectly comfortable slashing his own throat because as far as he's concerned, he's dying right right now. Uh He has minutes. No, no one's going to pay attention to the fact that I was drugged if they see the fact that my throat was slit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Which is true, because if you see, if you yeah. come upon a dead body. Cause of murder is real. You, see, <laughs> you go across cause a dead of death, body yeah. and you see a bullet to the head, you're not going to look at the fact that they were poisoned. Right, you should. Yeah. You're going to be like, shit, they were just shot in the head. You uh-huh. should do that. <laughs> so. Which is this real elaborate scheme. Like, all that, that whole scene plays through, and there are points in there where it's obvious that she's super nervous. Yes. Because, like, oh, do you pull off the road before or after the stone elephant on the pathway because mm-hmm. yeah because like security cameras mm-hmm. are, yeah and she she gets them mixed up and finds out later she did the wrong one so she has to erase the VHS security thing oh, with yeah. a fridge magnet somehow mm-hmm. oh yeah good times at this point they let the viewer in on she did this yeah she accidentally killed him so the murder mystery is solved yeah right but the, the mystery part continuing is that he deliberately had her set up a situation that made her seem completely innocent so uh-huh. you spend the rest the movie wondering is she gonna get found out that she killed him yeah so it goes from a mystery movie to a suspense movie mm-hmm. kind of yeah where she's trying to stay a step ahead of this detective uh-huh there's also the mystery of who hired the detective yeah, because, because the police are showing up because they're police yeah but this is a private detective who is relatively famous again this mm-hmm. is ryan johnson's poro yeah where he just got a newspaper article about <laughs> the guy's death yes. in an envelope in a with stack a of stack of cash if i was him and be like, wow, thanks to the money and just to the envelope. Away. Yeah, I know, right? right? Well, he said well, it's it, intriguing, oh, but yeah, you know. like, well, he think he said something about like when the detective's trying to tell him it's an open shut case of suicide, and like, yeah, but it compels me. <laughs> so he stays on. What he's there to answer at the moment is not who killed this man because it was clearly a right, suicide, yeah. but, but why? why was I hired to look into uh-huh. it? And with all these like Sherlock Holmes shenanigans, inductive reasoning does not work the way that it does in the movies. Yeah, we're all arguably scientists here we know that what science solves and in this case deduction is the what happened mm-hmm. the why it happened is theology in which we don't do in science <laughs> <laughs> but, theology might be a little far the sociology department yeah, might have words that. for you i be like why well, the hell do this? I have my arguments against the social sciences too, but not notwithstanding, nerd. A lot of this is speculation. He's say, trying to test his theories. The keep those to yourself at my house if you want to keep your head. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> mm. 
I married an anthropologist and folklorist. Ouch. <laughs> and folk. Wow. Okay. Huh. Okay. That's Look, she earned, she earned both degrees. She's going to use both of them. Hey, she should bring what? that up. Ain't no problem with that. <laughs> Ain't no problem with that. I, yeah, like you said, you earned it. You earned it. Yeah. True story. Like, I get tired of people like, why don't you call yourself doctor? Well, it's okay. I'm like, no, dude, you earned that shit. Or yeah. You earned that one time. I would never title. call myself doctor, especially if I was an MD. <laughs> oh, dude, I call myself doctor all the time, especially during sex. Like, yeah, fuck me, doctor. I pronounce Sorry. it Dictor though. That I was ordained for a little while. <laughs> it still counts. Yeah, Got still away counts. with Reverend. We had some, we were doing something with a Christian organization that they were like they waived some fee or something because of my service hey. to the Lord. I'm like, what the fuck are they? Oh my god! Like my you e- service the Lord. Well, like my email address still has Reverend at the front of it because I thought that shit was hilarious. And I'm like, oh <laughs> no, they think I'm an active pastor. <laughs> are you a Lord of Sealand too? <laughs> No, no, I left that one alone. I think my family still has a castle in Scotland somewhere. Oh, that's nice. Government took it, though. Aw. Hey, man, if I was able to do that whole thing where you could buy, like, a, a square yard of land yeah, or something in Ireland, you become a lord. I totally would do that and call myself Lord Patrick all the time. <laughs> You'd be a count. Whatever. A county. I'll, I'll call myself that all the time. And they're like, no, you don't. Like, yep, I own. You could, he'd be like, you can count on me. With the other thing, I, I wonder if the IRA did a Kickstarter. How much they get? Jesus <laughs> Christ! <Good Lord. laughs> now the IRA is gonna come after us. BS Reactor is recorded in the Midwestern United States in a studio with several cats. I mostly edit out the meows and scamperings, but I'm sure you can hear a little bit happening in the background. All voices, music, and mixing are put together by us. All rights reserved. If you have any comments, questions, or you just want to let us know about all of your official titles, contact the show on Instagram, SoundCloud, or our website. BSReactor.com. We're going to be posting some new stuff on social media soon, so keep an eye on that if you're into that kind of thing. And thanks for listening. We appreciate you.